welcome to episode 13 of Mum Talk. Firstly, I have huge apologies to make that this podcast is so late. I am so, so sorry. It's Friday today. I am recording it on Friday. My intention was to record on Wednesday when I got home from my weekend trip away with my sister to Italy. However, I had a little bit of a... It really wasn't a scare, actually, but I ended up at the midwife. So I will explain what happened, um, but that's the reason why. And then yesterday I got really carried away doing a lot of things, really trying to catch up with stuff. And the podcast was on my list all day. And then by about four o'clock, it just completely slipped my mind. So here we are today, five o'clock on Friday. And But I'm hoping that this might be a bit of a nice change for you. Maybe you'll do something over the weekend and you'll get a bit of free time and you can listen in. And then next week's podcast won't be very far away at all. Um, so next week I have a really, well, I have a couple of really exciting podcast recordings next week, which is nice. Um, very informative podcast recordings, which will be really useful for both you and me. Um, next week on Tuesday, I am talking to, I don't know if you listened to my pram episode last week, um, but I mentioned a shop called Just Another Baby. They're online and they're in Exeter. They're kind of my local um, independent baby shop. They're absolutely fantastic. Charlie is the owner of the store and she's amazing. She's so informative. Anyway, when I went there and I've been there three times since, one of which was this morning, and I asked her if she'd like to come on the podcast because I don't know about you, but if you're a new mum, I've seen all of these lists of everything that you need, everything that you need to buy, and it kind of is a little bit overwhelming and I'm thinking, ugh, what do I actually need to buy? Because right now, not flush with cash, not going to be flush with cash anytime soon. So it would be nice to get not the bare minimum, but just the essentials. I don't want to end up buying stuff and then thinking, oh God, this is not the right stuff. So she is going to help me run through everything that you need. Well, this is our intention anyway. Everything that you need from... um, cots to what you need to put in your cot what baby sleeps in there's things called like grow bags and stuff and is that better than a sheet and a baby grow (laughs) nappies um car seats which a lot of you have had questions about car seats and the safety and I've just been through this with her this morning things like eye size the new regulation that's coming into um uh into the car seat world right now um so a lot of things like that things like baby carriers uh bassinets moses baskets um all this kind of stuff so that i'm going to be talking with charlie next week we're recording it on tuesday so if you're listening to this over the weekend And you have any specific questions that you would like me to ask Charlie. Um, Obviously, you know, she is a store. You can buy from her, but there are probably local places to you as well. So this is just me going in not to promote her. She's not sponsoring the podcast at all. I'm not getting any freebies from her for doing this. She is just super, super knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. And she's basically helping me. (laughs) So um, I don't want you to think that I am promoting her or anything like that because that's not my intention here. My intention here is just to share with you an amazing lady who has got three kids of her own and a lot of experience in this stuff. So there you go. Um, 
this so in addition i guess to the pram podcast last week i have changed my mind i think <laughs> which is a bit ridiculous but when i was in italy something was stopping me from buying the vista the upper baby vista if you've no idea what that is go and listen to last week's podcast it's all about my prams i whittled it down from the nuna um which is brand new the eye candy peach the eye candy orange and the upper baby vista which is one that well all of them actually go into double if not triple with like a little skateboard thingy on the back because if we're lucky enough we'd like to have two children quite close together if possible so I would like my my main kind of thing was to have a pram that will grow with us because I don't want to buy a pram and then find out that I have to sell it in kind of 18 months or something like that. So however, there was a fifth one that I that actually was Hendrik and I's first pram that we ever came across that we fell in love with and that was the Jules. So it's called Jules, J O L Z. And this they do two prams. One is the Jules Day and one is the Jules Geo. Two, so I think it used to be just Geo, and now they bought out a new one. The Jules Geo Two was voted which best buy pushchair of twenty seventeen in December, I believe, um, and I saw that kind of um, around January, February, I guess. It's an all-terrain buggy, but I kind of poo-pooed it right from the beginning because your little one, your youngest baby, when you do put it into a duo, your youngest child is on the bottom of the pram and you lose your storage bag completely so a lot like the eye candy again I went through all of this um last week in last week's podcast but like the eye candy like the nuna you lose your bag uh, your bag in fact the upper baby vista is the only one where you don't lose your storage basket the only one I know of that is um so I didn't like the idea of having the baby on the bottom in a carry cot, the bassinet, or the car seat. Now I know that that is the norm, so it's the same with the Vista. You can actually have your car, uh, your car seat and your rumble seat, which is, or your main child seat, um, with the car seat on top. Grab some images if you're very confused as to what I'm talking about, but right now I'm talking about the upper baby Vista where you can have your car seat on the top and then your rumble seat, I think it's called, or your main seat on the bottom, but it's at the front. So the front seat, the child seat, kind of sticks out the front of the pram. It makes the pram a lot longer. Um, it doesn't increase, it does increase the footprint, but the frame doesn't change, but it increases the footprint of the pram. It becomes a lot longer. But if you want the carry cot, so the bassinet that goes with the pram on the pram at the same time as the rumble seat then it has to go down the bottom and it actually goes down the bottom facing you but further away from you so it appears to be the norm I think it's the same with the eye candy baby goes on the bottom and I've always thought why on earth would you put your youngest child on the bottom of a pram surely that's odd and not particularly safe but thinking about it looking at pictures going through a lot of Pinterest a lot of reviews a lot of research I have done a lot of research actually the child likes to be down there and you can see it almost a little bit more because you're holding the handlebar and you look straight down at your 
little baby. So at your youngest. Now, your youngest probably isn't going to need your most attention. It'll probably be your toddler that needs the most attention. I discussed this as well last week. Um, So it was just getting over the fact that, oh, they're so close to the ground. Like, what if a dog comes over? I'm not scared of dogs. I have a dog in our family. But, um, you know, I kind of think my dog, he'll come over. He'll have a little sniff. He wouldn't do anything. But you never know about anyone else's dog, I guess. But if you're going for a stroll in a park, something like that, then maybe you'd have something like the comfort cover, which is what they have um, that goes over the top of the pram to stop kind of any, well, it's actually to give some privacy to the baby so it can sleep. But, you know, it would stop any prying eyes or maybe dogs um, going in there. But for my lifestyle, this might concern more of you. If you're living in central London, you're going to do lots and lots of park walks. Or if you live in the centre of a city, the same thing. But for me, this doesn't worry me so much because I don't do a lot of park walks. And if I do do any walks, I will probably carry baby in bassinet and then just have our oldest in the pram. Because that's the kind of walks there are around here. And you probably wouldn't want to take your pram around here actually it's a bit hilly a bit hard to push so anyway that was another thing about the all-terrain buggy so I went back to just another baby to see Charlie this morning to look at the geo again because I came back to the geo once I'd realized that um this was the norm putting baby on the bottom so the geo and the upper baby vista are very similar in size very similar in frame size, very similar in the size of the wheels. So the other thing for our lifestyle is Hendrik likes to, as if you're friends of mine, you'll know this, Hendrik likes to go off, disappear and surf for quite a long time. And I do go with him often, um, but he can be, if I'm not surfing, I'll obviously be on the beach and it'll be this way around for a while probably, or we'll take it in turns. And we can be at the beach for kind of three, four five hours and that's and he might especially in France the beaches are very long and there's multiple breaks along the beach so you kind of walk along the beach for a long way and if Hendrik's going to kind of keep walking maybe go from spot to spot if one spot gets busier and then he goes along to the other spot or maybe he's paddled down the beach and gone to a bigger break I don't want to be stuck kind of walking for hours with the baby attached to me and not being able to put baby down to rest without being loaded up like a donkey with nappy bags and all this kind of stuff. So that was one thing that worried me about the upper baby vista. It's not an all-terrain buggy. It's not advertised as an all-terrain buggy. I read some reviews about the sand and they did say that sand with the upper baby vista is fine if it's hard compacted sand, which actually where we go, if it's low tide or a lower tide, there is always some hard compacted sand. However, it can be quite rocky in places. So you would need something quite sturdy. So the Geo is all-terrain. They even mention the sand in their marketing. Um, Obviously, um, buggies and seawater, saltwater, do not mix. So always remember, and I always remember my friend telling me this, treat your buggy like a bike. If you go to the beach and you cycle along the beach, you wouldn't go home and just leave your bike without spraying it. So make sure you spray your buggy, otherwise stuff is going to (laughs) rust. And you do not want your pram, if it's around the grand mark, rusting. Um, So yeah, 
I then looked at that and I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I will go and have a look at it. So I went to have another look at it. So yeah, same size wheels, same size frame, really roughly folds down. Very, very similar. Very, very similar. I would say it's an easier fold for the Jules Geo, much easier fold. Um, it literally just, you pull up both handles, just like you do with the upper baby vista. There's two like little clicky things on the handle. But instead of the upper baby vista where you push the handle down, so it freestands standing up, but then to get it into the car, you kind of do need to push it over onto its side and then click it. The Geo just literally goes straight down and just drops to the floor. So there's not as much bending, I would say, for the Geo. It's very compact. You can fold it with the seat. You can fold it with the bassinet, I think. The bassinet, they say, is suitable for supervised overnight sleeping. Now, I'm going to probably call Jules and ask them what do they actually mean by supervised overnight sleeping because we want to go to France. I don't really want to take a Moses basket or buy another one out there, so I would like for the baby to sleep in the bassinet for a couple of weeks. Maybe that's too long. I don't know. I don't understand why it would be. But whereas the Upper Bay Vista has ventilation holes in the base underneath the mattress, I don't think the Jules Geo does. Um, but it might also be a way, as Charlie said, at Just Another Baby, she said, well, it might just be a way of them covering their backs, which you can completely understand. But if you're sleeping in the same room as your baby, which you probably are um, at that young an age whilst you're traveling then um that's what will then then it probably would be absolutely fine but anyway I'm going to check that out I'll come back to you on that if I find out any useful information so I think I have now decided to go for the Jules Geo so the Jules Geo 2 it's around the same price as actually it's cheaper than the Upper Baby Vista if you don't tailor it so they've got a studio design a earth design I think it is and then maybe something else urban no urban maybe maybe urban with different colorways um and i think they start around eight four nine um the other great thing is it's like the eye candy where the bassinet frame is the same as the seat frame so you unzip new fabrics onto the bassinet frame um and then it turns into your seat that does mean if you have a second baby you need to buy your um, additional seat a little bit earlier than you would with the Up Baby Vista and it is different and it's not suitable for overnight sleeping. However, it is more compact. The whole thing is more compact and that's what I like and I think for me the Up Baby Vista it just seemed a bit too big, just seemed a bit overkill for what I needed and um, I just some, I just something was just stopping me my gut even though the reviews for the upper baby vista are mind-blowing they're fantastic but there aren't that many reviews for Jules I think because it's not a very well-known brand but one thing I did love about the Jules pram is they plant a tree for every pram that you buy they're very eco-friendly I think they're built they're actually built whereas like the vista the eye candy all of these are built in China that's my understanding um but this one, I actually do believe it is a Scandinavian brand, and I think they're built in Denmark, actually there where their warehouse is. So it's very bespoke. It's 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 pretty nice. It's a beautiful pram. Take a look at it if you haven't seen it before. Um, they are expensive, but they're on par with the Upper Baby Vista. Um, you can tailor it completely, and then it does go above the £1,000 mark. You do have to add things like... Um, 
the rain covers, mozzie nets, comfort covers, parasols if you want one. Personally, I don't. Saddlebags, that's another good thing. If you do lose the basket in your when you turn it into a duo, if that's your plan, um, you lose the big basket. They do these really cool like side saddle bags. So if you know if you have like a vintage bicycle or maybe not a vintage bicycle, but you have these saddle bags on your bike, they do the same for the pram. So if you had one or two saddle bags um, for the pram, that gives you back your storage if you don't want to carry around your rucksack. Also, if you go for a tailored version, you get a tailored um, foot muff and nursery uh, nappy bag included which is the same color as what you choose for your pram <laughs> so it's all not that that the, the it annoys me a little bit that they give you a nursery bag and you can't choose what other accessory you want because I wouldn't I don't particularly like their nappy bag um because I'm looking for a rucksack rather than over the shoulder but never mind um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go for probably, well, no, I am. I'm going to go for the jewels. That's what I'm going for. So there's an update. And if anyone has any feedback to change my mind, you should probably let me know <laughs> before Tuesday would be great. <laughs> Give me some more time to think about this. Um, but I think I, I really want to be in love with my pram because it's a lot of money. Um, so there you go. Anyway, off prams. And on to traveling pregnant. That's what I've been doing this weekend. So my sister, I if you listened to last week, you'll know this. If you didn't, I'll tell you quickly. But it was my 30th birthday on the 5th of May. And my sister surprised me with a weekend trip to the Italian Riviera. So we went to Camogli. We flew into Genoa or Genova, depending on how you want to spell it and where you're from. Um, and we then took the train to Camogli and we stayed in Camogli for three nights. Then we stayed in Genova for one night and then we flew home on Tuesday into London. I came home on Wednesday morning. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I highly recommend it. It is beautiful. Um, Camogli was absolutely stunning. And not touristy at all. I think Michelle and I maybe had one English-speaking couple, whether they were English, American, who knows. But they were talking English, and that was it. We stayed in a lovely hotel. It was only a two-star hotel. It was very basic, but it was exactly what we needed. It was right on the beach. Um, It was clean. It was a little bit noisy, but as would all these kind of places be... um, and it was amazing. We had a um, sea view. We had a little balcony so we could dry our clothes. The breakfast was fine. It was nothing extravagant, but because we were exploring, it really didn't matter. But it was lovely. It was perfect. Exactly what we needed for what we were doing there. Um, and then we hiked <laughs> a lot. So we hiked on the first day we went to... San Frutis, Frutiso, I'm really sorry about my um, phone going off, Um, yeah, San Frutuso, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this real quick, because I don't want to get this wrong, Um, and it was amazing, we hiked there, and then we 
Um, right, hang on. I got it. So we hiked to Abazia di San Frutuso. Frutuoso. Um, so it was quite a long hike. It was about two and a half hours. The first 45 minutes, well, the first 30 minutes, you hike up to the San Rocco, which is a beautiful church, um, right at the top. And that was, I didn't even count the steps, but it was 30 minutes of solid step machine stuff. So you just step, 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 all the way up. Very steep. Um, and then we continued up continued going round and over and then you arrive there's a huge descent the descent's about 50 minutes as well but the descending I actually found harder than the going up because at least going up you know you're not going to slip but coming back down again I honestly thought I was going to slip and it was so dry they hadn't had any rain um so the mud was really loose underneath your trainers and yeah very slippy but anyway it was fine I didn't slip I didn't fall over um, and then you end up at this beach, which is touristy. It's very touristy. These kind of ferries come in, but it was beautiful. There's like a chapel down right on the beach. It's absolutely stunning. So we paid for some ridiculously expensive sun loungers, um, and we stayed on the beach, had a nap after our long hike. We ate, um, what did we eat? What's it called? Oh, gosh. Gone out of my head. Focaccia. So focaccia seems to be the northern Italy speciality in the Italian Riviera. And oh my God, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we ate focaccia and um, then we got the ferry back to Camogli, which was really lovely. So you could actually see the coast and it was very, very pretty. Um, and then the second day, we hiked all the way to Portofino, which is really famous. You may or may not have heard of it before, but it's kind of a super yacht destination. Um, a lot of the stars, movie stars, go there. In fact, there's a restaurant there with um, huge blow-up canvases of these pictures with um, people like O.J. Simpson. I'm, I'm sure it was O.J. Simpson. Um, and... Who else? Jennifer Lopez. Um, oh my gosh. Endless stars. I'm really rubbish at naming stars' names. I'm not that interested. But um, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and that was probably about three and a half hour hike. It was a very long hike. It was maybe by the time we'd stopped walking and stopped sightseeing, it was probably about 20 to 25 kilometers. So it was a, it was a long way. But I felt fantastic. And I have to say... I have never felt so good in my pregnancy whilst I was away in Italy. I felt absolutely fantastic. I felt great in my body. I felt fit. Never once, often when I go walking, my, uh, my tummy goes really hard, very like, down the bottom. It's almost like baby is just... I don't know, relaxing <laughs> and, and just it just goes solid and I really feel like a drop in my stomach um, when I walk quite quickly and it, it's not particularly comfortable to be honest. Um, anyway, I was quite worried that would happen but it didn't happen so I think Michelle and I, my sister, were walking at a good pace. Never once did she push me and I always, always thought, you know, it's not a big deal if we need to stop, we relax, we sit down, we have some water. We kept really, really hydrated all the way. Um, 
And it was really lovely. And then we got the train from, no, we got the ferry from Portofino to Santa Margarita. And then we got a four minute train <laughs> inland all the way back to Camogli, which was really fun, actually. And we went through loads of caves and it was literally four minutes. It was no distance at all. So that was lovely. And then we went to, um, where did we go? We went to Genoa. We stayed in a Airbnb, which again was fantastic. Great, great host. And explored the city. We arrived and it was raining, but we still didn't stop. We ate for Katia and sat in a cafe and then explored in the rain. The sun came out and it was fine. And then the following day, we explored all day. Walked like 15 kilometers around the city. Went to lots of churches and... Um, ate ice cream and then came home flew home I have to say flying wasn't particularly comfortable my ankles swell a lot my feet swell a lot when I fly anyway well I say a lot they just they puff up um when I fly anyway even when I'm not pregnant so I I wasn't particularly comfortable flying and it just it just feels a bit weird flying feels a bit weird um and then, yeah, on the way back, I think I was so tired that Michelle and I just watched a movie and I didn't really notice any symptoms of flying back to um, the UK. But all in all, we had an amazing time and it was lovely. And I can now tell little Beanie that she's been to Italy in my tummy, um, which is quite fun. And Michelle and I kept loads of our train tickets and our sightseeing bits and pieces, our ferry tickets. So I thought I might make a bit of a collage um, and show Beanie at some point our little trip that she went on with her auntie Michelle and me. And then I came home on um, Wednesday morning. And whilst I've been out there, so if, if no one wants any gory details, now's the time to turn off the podcast for a moment or skip ahead, maybe five or ten minutes. Um, it's not it's not gory details it's just maybe a little bit too much information especially if you're male potentially turn this off um I didn't really tell Hendrik in fact I didn't even tell my sister but um yeah just turn it off if you don't want to hear this next bit so whilst I was out there and there's nothing wrong by the way if you are turning it off there's nothing wrong with my pregnancy there's nothing wrong with me I'm absolutely fine and it's nothing to worry about but I don't want you guys to freak out if you have the same thing because apparently it is very 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 normal for this to happen when you're pregnant and it's warm so I'm gonna still keep talking to you for a second but my laptop is about to die so I don't want that to happen so I'm just gonna grab my charger so yeah we um whilst we were away I noticed that when I kind of I would lie down on the bed um and relax and then I would almost feel like this little trickle um of fluid kind of running tiniest little trickle of fluid running down my butt when I lay down and I didn't really think anything of it because it was tiny and it stopped and it wasn't, it really wasn't an issue to me. Um, I didn't tell my sister, I didn't say anything, I just thought it was quite normal. I did a bit of the old Googling thing, which you definitely shouldn't do. Um, and they were talking about like amniotic fluid leakage and all of this and you know, you need to, you need to, is it odorless? Is it clear? What is it? Anyway, so mine was odorless and clear. 
So I hadn't peed myself. I like to think I have quite strong pelvic floor muscles because of all the yoga that I do. Um, but it, yeah, I didn't pee myself and it was different. It was very different to, um, the normal fluid that releases from my body when you're pregnant. When you're pregnant, you get, you probably know, you pro- you get a bit of a increase in fluid down there. So whatever it might look like for you and we're all very, very different. Anyway, it was different to what I had had before. This happened once a day for about three days whilst I was out there. And when I got back, I thought, shall I, shan't I? Shall I call the midwife? Shall I not? I don't know what to do. Everything I read, like NHS stuff said, make sure you tell your midwife, seek immediate attention. Now, obviously, I hadn't seeked immediate attention um, in Italy because I didn't want to go through all of that for what was most likely nothing because I felt fine in my body, absolutely fine in my body. And I'm very, very trusting of my body, very trusting that I will know if something is wrong, I will have a sixth sense. And I didn't. I felt like everything was fine. I didn't want to bother anybody. And, but more importantly, I just, I just knew everything was fine. But I thought if something goes wrong or if something happens towards the end of my pregnancy, I'll probably always come back to this point and think I should have done something about it. I should have gone to see somebody. So I called the midwife when I got home, kind of maybe two or three hours after I got home, which was silly. I should have done it earlier because what then happened made me miss teaching my prenatal yogis, which I look forward to every week and I love it. And I'm missing this week coming because I'm going to do a review on a review for work and I am missing the following two weeks because I'm going to France with Hendrik, which is our last little holiday before baby to see his parents. So it's not really a holiday. Um, and Anyway, I called them and basically the midwife put the fear of God into me. She said, maybe your waters have broken. I want you to go to triage right away in Exeter Hospital, RD&E. And I was like, I don't think it is my waters. And she was like, well, if it's amniotic fluid, then it is your waters. Your waters are breaking. Um, or maybe you've got a leak. You need to go to RD&E. And I was like, look, I'm not going to RD&E because I'm going to end up waiting there for an hour before I even get seen. And then at this point, I was still very much determined to make my prenatal yoga um, session to see my girlies. Um, and then she said, OK, well, look, come here. I'll talk to the lady on site uh, the consultant here um this is at the honiton birth center which annoyingly they've closed because it's um there's just not enough interest there i don't think but it's so sad because it's an amazing facility and the midwives are fantastic and i had a brilliant experience so it's so sad that they are closed for births but you can still go there and i fall under honiton so i went there and um i arrived and she said look what we're going to do is you need to lie on the bed still for half an hour and we'll see if any fluid kind of is there and if it um, comes together basically collects at the bottom of your um, of your vagina I guess opening then I'll see that it's amniotic fluid and then we'll go from there but even the consultant was kind of like have you got everything ready if this is your waters you know blah 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 Bear, bear in mind I'm only 27 weeks pregnant So right now I'm thinking, 
oh shit. Well, I, I wasn't actually. I really wasn't because I knew nothing was wrong. But I was thinking, I have not bought one single thing for this child yet. I have nothing. <laughs> but I also knew that if it was premature, it would not be coming home straight away. So... Um, I, I lay still, I did some work on my phone, annoyingly didn't take my laptop, and it was fine, basically. Long story short, she did an examination, nothing was there, and she said that this happens a lot in pregnancy in the summer. So when you get hot, and it was hot in Italy, it's like 28, 29, when you get hot, then fluids can change your body changes what it needs to excrete and your um, vaginal fluid especially will change so I think that's what happened it hasn't happened since but I haven't really been very naked since so I don't really know if it has or it hasn't but um it definitely isn't my waters Woo! but not that I thought it was anyway and yeah, so that's a long story short, but that is why I didn't get around to recording the podcast because I was in the midwife center for probably an hour and a half. She also did my um, little prenatal checks, which I'm going in for because I need to have bloods done on uh, just the routine 28 week bloods on Monday. Um, but she measured me and apparently I'm coming up, a t- I'm still well within my growth chart, but I'm at the upper end of my growth chart. However, I did have a full bladder at the time because I had been lying on the bed for about an hour at this point, having drunk lots of water. And apparently that makes a difference. But I also wanted to cover this topic because my friend um, has been told that she is potentially having a nine pound baby from the size of her bump. or She's on track for a nine pound baby. And obviously she's extremely nervous about this, as I would be if I was told I was having a nine pound baby. So I asked my consul- I asked the consultant at the midwife center um, at the birthing center how accurate are these measurements? They measure the top of your fundus if you haven't had this done. The top of your fundus, which is I think where they palpate where the, the u- top of your uterus is, right down to your pubic bone, the bottom. Um, and there's a lot in there. Obviously, it is not all baby. There's fluid. We all hold on to different amounts of fluid. We all hold on to different size percenters. Yes, there's an average, but they are all different sizes. Um, how full is your bladder? How much have you eaten? How badly do you bloat? All this kind of stuff. So I asked her if it was really that accurate, and she said it's not that accurate. We give it as a very rough guide but she said you know she's seen people measuring for 10 pounders and they've had six pound babies um I was also talking to my friend Abby and she was saying that you know she's had people on for eight pounds and they've been like five pounds so I think it's a guide but don't get your knickers in a twist if your midwife is telling you that you're and it's really hard because when she told me that I was slightly on the larger side I was freaking out slightly, thinking, oh shit, I'm big already. (laughs) And I do feel big, but I think that's because I'm quite short. I've got a short torso, but I do feel big. Um, Anyway, don't freak out. Don't freak out if your midwife is telling you that you're upper end of your growth. If it's that upper end, they'll send you for a scan, won't they, I think. So yeah, don't freak out. Um, what else did I want to talk about in this podcast? Um, yeah, one more thing. If anyone's got any information on buggy insurance, Upper Vista, I know they do a brilliant 
um, thing. Whereas if you try, if you buy their travel bag, then any damage to your buggy on the aircraft whilst it's in your travel bag is any repairs are free, so they cover it. But I wondered if you ha- don't have that, which most don't do that. Do you, does your travel insurance cover it, or are you meant to insure your pram under your home insurance? I wondered if anyone's got any information. Every time I ask questions, you guys are amazing. Amazing at coming back to me and amazing. I mean, I get the longest Instagram DMs from you guys, so I can't thank you enough. Those of you who listen to the podcast and actively make notes to help me. I so appreciate it because I am so in the dark here. I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, and it really, really appreciates me. I'm doing this podcast to help you, but also to help myself selfishly. So I am very, very grateful. Also, oh yeah, it's Father's Day. Any new dads out there, um, or new mums who are also going to have new dads, um, whether you're married or just in a relationship or your baby's father is going to become a dad, I got the cutest cutest card from um not on the high street and who's it who's it by let me just check um i think they're called oops a doodle yeah oops a doodle.com and we know we're having a girl so it just says happy father's day in pink and then from the bump and it's really cute it's like handwritten on the front but you know a computer text handwritten so i was just going to give him that and then i also got hendrick a um little baby grow which says baby Jolin on it so it's very sweet it's very small this is the first thing I've bought myself for the baby so um if there are any fathers to be out there um or you're looking to do something I wondered whether to do something or not and I just thought it would be a cute way of making him feel involved um even more involved so yeah there you go So I'm going to leave it there because I've been waffling for about 38 minutes on lots of different topics and I'm sure there was something else I wanted to cover in the podcast but if I do I'll add it on to next week's podcast. But yeah next week if anyone's got any questions for Charlie at Just Another Baby then holler let me know and I will ask her the questions if there's anything specific you want to know maybe it's about car seats or prams or sleeping or day wear, cots, baskets, whatever let me know, Um, bouncy things. And then I'm also, next week, talking to the most incredible lady, also called Emma, based in London, and she is doing motherhood completely plastic-free. And that's something that I have been, Hendrik and I are very, very strict on. We try and buy as much as we can out of plastic, but it's hard, especially if you do your weekly shop in somewhere like Tesco's. It's really, really hard. So this is what we're doing um, and I'm going to be chatting with her, asking her about how she does it. So again, if there are any questions, that podcast will probably go live the following week, if not the week after, because I also have what you guys have been asking for for ages is baby moon stuff. So I am actually off to experience a beautiful baby moon experience, but I'm actually taking my mum because Hendrik's not off. Um, we're going for a couple of girly days. I will reveal all when I have been and possibly, well, and yes, whilst I'm there as well. So that's next week. Uh, but that podcast won't go live until the week after or even the week after that. Um, yeah. All right. Any questions, just let me know and I will answer 
your queries. And once again, I am so sorry this podcast is so late, but stick with me and also stick with me on my Instagram. I know I've gone really shocking lately, but there's just so much stuff that I'm doing aside from that. And the further I seem to go away from Instagram, I just get further and further and further and further and further away. Uh, But it is a great way of you guys connecting with me and me connecting with you. And I love that. I love hearing from you through Instagram and also email. So please do email me. Okay, lots of love to you all. Take care, have a good weekend, and I will chat with you next week. Bye.